the test is not going to be announced. Consider Luke Skywalker. He's in search of a Jedi Master. It's the Empire Strikes Back. Obi-Wan Kenobi has told him to go find Master Yoda on the planet of Dagobah. And so off he goes. When Luke gets to Dagobah, it's a swamp. It's dingy. There's hardly anything around and there's no one in sight. But then Luke feels like he and R2-D2 are being watched. So he pulls his gun, points it, and there he is. This little guy, green, wearing dingy robes, bearing a cane. He has a goofy voice. And he's incredibly, incredibly annoying. Yoda, in this moment, does not tell Luke who he is. He just <laughs> harasses him. He picks through his stuff. He, he goes through his gear. He asks him annoying questions. And then Luke tells him he's here to find a Jedi Master. And he wants to meet Yoda. And so he says he knows where Yoda is. And you know what happens next. He takes him back to his house to make him a meal. He cooks for him. And Luke, in that moment, can't even appreciate what is happening. A stranger is cooking a meal for him, and all he can think about is getting to this Jedi Master, finding Yoda, beginning his training, and getting started on the Jedi path. Like Yoda criticizes him for later, Luke's mind is always in the future. And in that moment... Yoda then reveals himself. He reveals himself by reaching out to Obi-Wan in the Force and saying, I cannot train this kid. It was a test. That entire ruse that Yoda put Luke through in The Empire Strikes Back, it was a test of his patience to see if Luke in that moment, without knowing that he was in the presence of a Jedi Master, could appreciate another living thing and be patient. And he couldn't do it. I'll say it again, the tests that we face in life are not always going to be announced. You know, I was recently in Memphis, Tennessee for a conference, and I, I had a little bit of a failing of my own in this regard. I was headed home in the morning really, really early. I had a flight that I had changed to 6 a.m., so, you know, if you're going to catch that plane, you got to be up at 4.30. And I was in the lobby of my hotel trying to summon an Uber to pick me up, and Uber was not delivering me a driver. You know, it was early. I guess there just were no drivers available, and I was going to be late. And so I sat outside the hotel, and a taxi was there, uh, and so I went over and knocked on the window. The guy was asleep. I woke him up, but he said that he was here for somebody else. He was here for a guy named Rob. And so I was like, oh, crap, I have nothing I can do now. Uh, but then Rob appeared behind me. He was walking out. He had his bags and he was ready to go. Uh, and I, I just had to ask. I was like, hey, can you can you are you going to the airport? You know, can you take me? Uh, and he, he agreed to. He was happy to do that. So he welcomed me in the car. We got in and, and we both headed to the airport. Now, on the ride, I turned inward because I didn't really want to be chatty at 4.30 a.m. I was tired and groggy. Uh, I also assumed that my shared company in the car did not want to have a conversation at 4.30 as well. You know, I, I thought it was actually considerate to kind of put my headphones in and and disappear, even even though this person had done something, you know, kind for me. Um, but then he did he did reach out. He, he asked me, you know, what I was doing in Memphis, uh, why why I was uh, why I was here. And so I told him I was here for a conference. And he it turns out he went to the same conference. 
and he asked me, what do I do, you know, like for a living? And this is one of those moments where I had, I had to think about how I was going to respond because when I go to events like this, conferences like the one I just attended, there are a lot of professionals who work in my industry, which is media, PR, and sort of booking. You know, I, I put people on television and radio for a living, and a lot of people find that very interesting. Uh, and there were also a lot of grassroots activists, you know, people who do um, political organizing at this conference. And grassroots activists love to try to get on TV and radio. And I, I just, I just didn't want to put myself in a situation where I would say, you know, what I do. And then I would be talking to a grassroots activist who was like, ah, oh, well, you know, I want to be on TV. How can I get on TV? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you introduce me to this person or that person? And I, I just, I was worried that I was going to get into that situation. So I was just very, I was withholding. I did not reveal kind of the, uh, the full extent of my work and my experience in this space. I just, I just didn't really want to, to go there in that 20 minute Uber ride or that 20 minute taxi ride to the airport. I wasn't rude in this moment, but I was not open. I was not my best self because I'm normally a very enthusiastic guy. I'm very eager to share what I do and collaborate with others, but I decided to be low key in this interaction, kind of like Yoda was, but in many ways the roles were reversed. Rob gave me his card and uh, I wanted to reach out, you know, after after this ride and once we both got back to our lives and I thought that was great. I gave him my card as well and you know, I just I wasn't really sure what would come of that, but I I did later check out, you know, this guy on on LinkedIn. I I went and found him and you know, He's not a, he wasn't, you know, a grassroots activist. He wasn't just, you know, just anybody at the conference. He was, you know, actually a really successful CEO and entrepreneur who runs a really, really cool company. And it turns out I actually could have been or could be helpful to someone like him when it comes to media booking and PR. Because it's, it's really hard to put people on TV. It's, you just can't put anybody on. They have to have like a background that is compelling to the producers and the shows who book people. And I, I definitely found his background compelling. And that is to say that I would have acted differently if I had gotten into the car and there was a big shining light over his head that said, CEO, potential business contact. But of course, that is not real life. You have to treat people the best every opportunity you get. You always have to put your best foot forward. The tests are not going to be announced. Always consider what we owe others. Sometimes those things are material. Sometimes it's our time. And sometimes it's just a smile and a proper explanation of who you are and what you do. Do your best. Be yourself. Give them the time of day. It would have saved Luke Skywalker a lot of embarrassment in The Empire Strikes Back when he first met Master Yoda, and it might have saved me a little bit too. My name is Stephen Kent, and you're listening to Walk the Way, a podcast by myself and my friend and collaborator, Riley Blanton, about philosophy and life lessons that can be found in pop culture. 
This podcast is a little bit of an experiment. It's associated with our Substack. This is the way.substack.com. And here on this podcast, you can expect regular expansions on the articles that you'll find at This is the Way, as well as conversations between myself and Riley Blanton about philosophy, living well, and lessons that you can find in your favorite movies, TV shows, and books. So I hope you'll subscribe and join us in the journey, and we'll be back soon. This is The Way.